the idea of writing a full album in a year that's of quality for me just seems impossibly hard. I suppose I've never actually tried that, but it's just, I don't know. I, I just can't, <laughs> I don't know. I wish I was different and I wish that I could do that. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Kyle Lang, and you may know Kyle from such bands as Pontau, Well-Read Devils, Nun Puncher, Easter, Adult Books, The Tyrants, Need, and Special Death. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Today, we're going to be listening to his song, Remember, off of the upcoming EP, the self-titled EP from Special Death. That EP is being released on March 26th of this Mm -hmm. year, 2021. Mm -hmm. Without further ado, let's listen to the song.
grace sprouted like a beanstalk in Sacramento. Alfalfa clean through a sea of the black and snaps monumental. They say the black of the fonder, I blacked out the fonder. The old of the wisest, the poor like a geyser leaf, like a safe broke. I peaked in my teens, I saw underneath, closed off. I throw out of reach, I growl off the leash, ran out, put down, finished capiche. I look in the mirror, my youth disappears, so I just wipe off the tears. I grew up playing outside, the shut town south side, carefree and free of a stress mind, Malibu brain, so much power on the left side, I just miss the joys of the west slide, water park spent time, grew up 13 sizes, now my shoes stuck, adulthood hot and sticky like a glue gun, I used to run for hours and hours, now I like the proper power for a push up, I want push pops and gumdrops. So my first and favorite question to always ask is, what came first, the lyrics or the music? So with this song, I think it was definitely the music. I remember writing this guitar part, I think I was in high school at the time. And there was sort of just like a a melody, a vocal melody that I had in, in my head with it. And I specifically remember recording it to an eight track, the guitar, some drums, and then just sort of doing, you know, nonsense syllables or, or something over the guitar and drums, but singing the melody. You know, I, I knew what I wanted the melody to be, but I wasn't sure what the words would be. The way it always is, is I'll get, you know, a line or two, and then I have to sort of fill in the song from there. And oftentimes it's problematic because I'll get, again, a line or two that I want to start with, and I don't know what else to fill in the rest of the song with what else I want to write about or, you know, I don't know how to connect things all together. But this one came together after, again, this started writing this in high school and, and, you know, it finally (laughs) is coming out now over 10 years later. It's a long process. The song is definitely kind of the coming of age, growing and and moving on beyond the things that, you know, we remembered and hold, hold on to. So it's interesting to me that the music you wrote in high school and then it's just finally kind of coming to fruition now. Mm-hmm. When did you kind of decide that you were going to take this and kind of flesh it out, you know, after 10 years? How did that come about? Well, it was always, you know, a, a little guitar line that I had floating around. And, and I mean, I have so many, you know, in my head at any given time, just little pieces of songs that, well, I'll do something with that later. I'll flesh it out, like you said, and turn it into a full song. If I were to complete all the songs that I started, I would have so much material, but I just, uh, like I was saying with the lyrics, I never know. It's so hard for me to figure out how to fill in the blanks once I get the the start of an idea, whether it be lyrically or musically. I find if I rush it, I'm not happy with it. So I just kind of have to let it grow in its own way over the course of time. 
Does your music exist in this fragmented piece here, piece there, and then... Yes. And then just something, this codifying event happens? I mean, there's this moment where you're like, I have to pin this down, or what happened here that brought this to a point that it came together? I don't know. It was just, again, a matter of time passing and thinking, well, this thing works, this thing doesn't work. And and yeah, I think that so much of my music is... Or the way that I write music, it's it's little fragments, just little tiny ideas that I end up, you know, sort of piecing together into a full song. It takes me a long time. I don't know how some people are able to do it, you know, writing full albums. And uh, the idea of writing a full album in a year that's of quality for me just seems impossibly hard. I suppose I've never actually tried that, but it's just, I don't know. My I just can't. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I was different and I wish that I could do that, but... It's just tough. I suppose I've never, again, never sat down to try to do it, but I just get caught up on specifics way too easily and it, and it really holds me up. So I think just letting it develop naturally over time is the only thing that works for me. Well, and you got to go with what works. And it seems like this is a method that has paid off for you. I don't know. Is that even a good, I don't know. I don't want to say it that way, but I mean, I don't know if it has paid off for me. I have put out so little music in the past, you know, 10 years. It's just, uh, kind of little dropping crumbs here and there um, every now and then. But you don't necessarily look back and say, oh, that was a real stinker, do you? You know the things that you've created and you like the things that you've created. For the most part, yeah. You've had the music for about 10 years and then you started forming it together. When when did you bring this to Molly to... Or or did, did you already have it completed and you said, you sing these parts or does, does she come up with her um no yeah no i i wrote it and i had it completed for a while and you know in special death she sang on that song julia steiner from rat boys she sang on the last record and she sings on one or you know a couple of songs on this uh ep that's coming out it's not like i write the parts specific for anyone in mind it's just okay i think that you know julia's voice would be good on this song or molly's voice would be good on this one that sort of thing aside from of course namdi and johnny aka thrashkin i obviously didn't write their verses they they wrote right. them themselves but um the other any other you know vocal parts i've written and, and guitar and etc okay dave dave plays a, a solo on the on the album that he came up with but yeah, pretty much everything comes um, just from my thinking about it over and over and again for years, and then. And is that that's Dave from Rat Rat Boys, right? Rat Boys, yeah, yeah. So ju- both Julia and Dave, they're sort of the main songwriters in Rat Boys. They they both play on the EP that's coming out. At what point did you say that this song needed a feature? How did that collaboration come about? I think I just decided, well, there's not anything else that I want to do with this in a melodic vocal way. After the first verse, I think that that verse is just fine and dandy as it is. It starts with the single part and then ends up in harmony. I don't know what the second verse would B. I think that that did again just kind of did what it needed to do as far as singing and and uh, harmonizing. And the the beat and the repetitive nature of both the guitar and the bass line, I think that it works well as something that could be wrapped to. Then I'm, I'm friends with Namdi and Johnny, and I've done music with them for a long time. I've been on two or three of Namdi's songs over time, and Johnny and I have been doing music together since high school. 
just here and there, uh, little songs and things. And I just think they're both very talented. So I decided, yeah, they'd, they'd be great to, to fill in that second half of the song. One of the things that I like about this song and that, that I think gets captured, you mentioned it yourself, kind of that repetitive nature that mm-hmm. is going through through the base of the song is I feel like it, it hits me as like this flowing river that just keeps going and going and and kind of like yes in some ways it kind of passes you by and and it kind of works as its own kind of metaphor for life itself and kind of and i guess part of the reason i'm saying that is that i kind of wanted to dig into some of the words that you wrote here that first line that hope i remember the way i was forever so even when i'm older my open heart's not colder. Is is that like the first line that you started writing in this or, or did you kind of come back to that? No, I think that was the first. It's so hard to remember, but I do think that that was how I started it. But again, this song has been cooking around for quite a long time and there there were some lyrics. So it's, it's, it's hard to remember, but I do think that that is the first little bit. From there, I uh, decided, okay, well, I think this song is about hoping to keep a part of your, you know, youth in you forever. Throughout this song in your verse is it's about I and me, but the only time that you actually mention another pronoun or another person is the, I want to know how you go away from me so easily. Now I'm curious, is, are you meaning a person or are you talking about life and process itself? No, absolutely. Personifying portions of myself, anyone's self kind of drifting away. You're making me think about it in a way that I I haven't thought about it, but that is certainly what I meant. Did you give uh, Namdi and, uh, uh, did you say Johnny was his name? Johnny, yes. Johnny, Mm -hmm. um, aka Thrash Kitten. Thrash Um, Kitten. (laughs) (laughs) So, did... Did you give them any direction about where you wanted to go? Or did you just say like, okay, this is the song? Sure. I I just gave, I think that I said it's a song about, you know, just wanting to keep some part of your youth with you. And I may have given them my lyrics for mine and Molly's part. I can't really remember, but essentially it was just, you know, this, that's what this song is about is hoping to remember, wink, wink, the good golden wonder years that the way that you were and the way things were and and hoping that again that part some glimmer of that is always with you this song was released as a single from the ep there's Mm -hmm. four other songs is there also a song since this is looking back and remembering trying to look back to the good old days are there some songs that are looking forward to other days uh, kind of as a companion piece to this well thinking about it now i think pretty much every song is about looking back actually Mm. uh now that i'm i I never even realized that you know this is what i was writing about but i I haven't written any songs at least on this release about you know looking forward if you're looking back what would you like to kind of remember and hold on to looking forward just that it is possible to have happiness and mm. comfort that sticks around 
for more than a day at a time. I feel like the happy times of my youth kind of stuck around much longer than the happy times that I have now. I don't know why that is. It is possible. (laughs) That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping to keep in my mind while I move forward in life. Did you think about how releasing this during a time that there's less of a sense of looking forward and more of a sense of looking back on the good old days, like this is kind Mm. of the perfect time to be releasing this kind of song. Yeah, of looking back and holding on to the good things. No, that's that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that, but I suppose a lot of people right now are are wishing, (laughs) I wish things would go back to the way that they were, even, you know, just over a year ago. So I suppose it, it, it serves just as much as how people are feeling in this moment as someone might feel just growing up right yeah. this moment in time and in history this is a self-recorded project is that correct i actually didn't record this it was recorded by my friend marty he lives with three of the members of rap boys julia saying sean newman who plays in uh, rap boys and plays in his own project jupiter styles he did some yeah. singing just a little bit at the end he there's like a harmony yeah. and he sang on this song um, we just recorded because we did it just piece by piece and took long breaks. Just recorded in in their basement and in his rec room that he has at their house. I don't know if you would call it a rec room, but something like where he has his computer and some recording things in in a closet. We we sang all the vocals and he played the bass on the album while I wasn't there. It was just a nice way to get it completed. And he's a bassist, so um, I, I felt good, you know, having him play it. And he he has a good ear for quality. So, do you have a favorite part of this song? I really do like the harmonies that I wrote for Molly and myself. And I also really like the bridge at the end after the verses, the rap verses, that ascending bridge. It's really just a chords up the G major scale. I, I like the way all those things sound, yeah. COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music? some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Kyle, do you have a favorite Champaign-Urbana music venue from when you were here in Champaign-Urbana? Huh. Favorite venue. I was much more involved in house shows than I was, you know, legitimate venues. I I mean, a house is a legitimate venue. Absolutely. Especially in a scene like Champaign-Urbana, or at least the way it was at the time. I don't, I'm not certain how it is now with coronavirus. I would hope there aren't really house shows going on at this point, you know, cramped basements and things like that. But 
I really did love, there was a house in Champaign. It started off as Terror House, I think, and then it became Error House, and then it became Dan Aykroyd's house. That was the first house venue that I went to, a show space in a basement, and I made you know friends there. My friends, Aaron Schultz, who does Rat King Records, who's releasing the special Death EP, and then my friend John Menchaca, who I, I met him there too who has played in many champagne bands. He played in In Need and Adult Books, which you mentioned. Michael was in Adult Books as well. He and Aaron was in both those bands as well. But um, I really liked that place. You know, it, it was funny. They had a lot of shows that very few people would go to, but, you know, we would always go and just, you know, see whoever was playing. They would. It seemed like they would just be down to help anyone out that was playing in town. Um, I also liked John... Once he moved into a house in, I think it was Urbana, he and Michael and Brian Galecki, who's from Springfield, he owns Dumb Records there, and he played in Easter quite a bit. Uh. Um, they had a house in Urbana, like I said. Anyway, they had a house in, in Urbana, and there were lots of great shows there. That's where I was most of the time for shows, those those two houses, I think. Can you tell me a little bit about a like a favorite show that you saw at one of these venues? Yes, I can. There were two shows that I remember absolutely loving. Well, okay, I, I can say three because, and I'll go through them really quickly because, you know, but the first show that I went to was uh, Weekend Nachos at Terror House in Champaign. It's where I met John and basically met Michael. I went there with him. He lived in my dorm. That was in just an absolutely insane show. Just just the wildest, most cramped, moshing insanity. That was a great show. I loved I loved this band called Wabino Rock Farm, but they're just from some small town somewhere. John, somehow he got them to come all this way and play it at his house and everyone just went insane for them. They're just this strange, strange rock band with these goofy noises and like the, the kookiest vocals. That was a great show. And then also anytime that Sweet Tooth, which was another hardcore band from Belleville, uh, right by St. Louis, they played at, at John's house as well. Anyway, that was a really, really great show. So when you were in the band Easter, you were Easter, mm-hmm. your, your project Easter is getting a reissue on beloved records after 10 years were you approached by beloved records or or how did that happen so i got contacted by cameron who does beloved records with some other friends of his and he asked me if i wanted to do a reissue like you said of demonstration on vinyl for the 10-year anniversary. Cameron was a part of the South Suburban music scene where Namdi's house was, where he did, you know, his shows and, and Easter played, you know, two or three times. And we had the this thing called the big show there, which was a, a summer little uh, day long concert with all the bands from around. He reached out and s- He's starting this label and they wanted to have Demonstration as their first release, the reissue of Demonstration. And and it just happened to be right around the 10-year point uh, from that being released. So I think he figured that would be a great kickoff for his his label. And of course, I agreed because, you know, I wanted to do something. Um, That project was so important to me and and, um, added so much fun and excitement, I guess, to my life. And really, I don't know, it was it was a great time. You said that that project was very important to you. Like, so, like, why why was that project so particularly special to you? 
I don't know if it came about for any particular reason. That was just, you know, I made music in high school under the name Panto and in a band, uh, Well Red Devils, with my best friends, uh, Drew Erickson and Pat Lane. When I was in Champaign, living in, in Urbana, actually, I suppose, at the time that it came out in Urbana, that, was, that just happened to be, you know, my next... Uh, musical release was was easter some of those songs like i was saying earlier you know it takes me a long time to complete and feel happy with a song one or two of the songs on there were born out of ideas that i had again that i you know as early as high school that just never came fully to fruition or you know just got re-recorded sort of rewritten parts added and things like that but that was basically just a dorm room project. And I recorded all the drums and things over winter break from, from school when I was back in Oak Forest, Illinois, mm. where I'm from. Just at my grandparents' house, recorded the drums and a good bit of guitar. And then, you know, finished the parts that I was able to do in my dorm, in my dorm when I was back at school. And then uh, essentially the night that it was done, I released it, just kind of put it on my computer, did my basic ass version of mastering and, and, you know, putting it all together and then released it and put it on CDRs and started handing it out. Would you say this was the first project that you did start to finish all by yourself? A project, I would say yes, because before that, when I was in high school, you know, I released a, a number of songs you know, on my own or in bands with friends, but there was never a, a complete release at any point that I remember. So yes, I would say that was the first quote, project. So folks can look forward to the reissue on vinyl of your Easter project demonstration on April 16th of 2021. And I'll provide a link in the show notes to get to the pre-sale for the vinyl. Because we're in the middle of a pandemic, this has been difficult for live shows, for having a scene where people can see live music. And so I've been kind of ruminating or, or thinking about this one question that I like to ask my guests is, what to you makes a really good, healthy scene? Good things about it, bad things about it, but what makes a good scene? I lived in a house that that put on shows called Garfield's Garden, but I had basically no part in it. It was all my friend uh, and label owner, Aaron Schultz, again, who does Racking Records. In my experience, what makes a good scene is... I, I, I don't know. I don't really have an answer to that. I don't know what a good scene is. I can say that I think it's important to have shows be all ages. I did appreciate when shows were drug and alcohol free, because then it wasn't just a shitty party with things breaking and loud music playing. It was people were legitimately there to see the bands playing. And I think that when that is the situation, people are going to be more supportive of the bands, both in giving their attention and in, you know, buying things and, and supporting them um, financially. Because, you know, when bands are touring through, that is needed, you know? And, and when it's, again, when it's just like a party and there's just bands playing, it can get messy and bad shit can go down. Not that I really saw so much of that, but there were one or two shows that it was like, man, this is a hellhole and, and everyone is just drunk and and it's a mess. The Dude Ranch was my friend John's uh, house in Urbana. And, and that was a, a, a drug and alcohol-free uh, venue. And they did great shows. And, and again, people were there, you know, to see the bands and people really enjoyed it. And, and I really appreciated that. 
even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic. The Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Kyle, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Um, I thought about it when you first asked me, and I didn't know. Uh, and I, th- I really think that my favorite non-musical thing, if I can be so broad, is just the, the relationships that I have with my family and my f- close friends. Family, I, I have a very close relationship with my mom. She had me young. We grew up in my grandparents' house. And my grandpa, he's still alive. I'm very close with him. And I'm so grateful for just him and, and every way that he supported us. And, and my mom has two kids, Ryan and Katie. I was 16 when Ryan was born, 19 when Katie was born. You know, I, I'm a much older brother. And it was an interesting role to have when they were growing up because obviously I wasn't like a parent or or anything close to that. I did care for them in ways and have a much older brother relationship where I was, you know, hopefully, you know, some sort of a good influence on them or, you know, it's just been very fulfilling to see them grow up and, and become, you know, individual people. They're now... 13 and 10. And so I love my family very much and and just my friends too. I feel like the friendships that I have are very deep and meaningful and I could start naming people off but, but you know my friends know who they are and how important they are to me especially you know after I went through cancer it, it just makes you really appreciate the people that you have in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And in my my partner too, obviously, I, I you know love her very much. Our relationship has has brought a lot of you know comfort and stability into my life, which which I really appreciate. I hate to jump back like a little bit, but y- you mentioned your grandfather. Is that your grandfather in the video that you're, you're yeah, singing into uh-huh. the spoon, and he's watching yeah. golf? <laughs> yes, uh huh. That's very much what he did a lot while I was growing up. But yeah, that was that was my childhood home. My, my grandparents' house where I grew up. And I thought that that was, you know, in, in a song, looking back to childhood, w- what a better, I spent so much time in that house growing up and, and, you know, have so many memories of being a kid there and an adolescent. Yeah, I just, I wanted to make sure that was caught on tape. And, and, and it is funny that um, he's watching golf because that's very much what I saw him doing so much as yeah. I was growing up. I like that video a lot. You can get the sense that there was at least a certain level of social distancing going on. But yes. I do uh-huh. feel like, in order to create the video, but I still feel like each person in there got to have their own sense of childhood or the things that they cared about 
yeah so that was it was cool yeah to get you know just shots of of the town where i grew up and and yeah my my childhood home and my grandpa and his dog kyle thank you so much for being on the show and talking about your song remember from your upcoming ep special death tell me a little bit about the dude ranch and uh garfield's garden and and the champagne urbana music scene and your upcoming re-release reissue of the ep demonstration i'm looking forward to seeing that on vinyl because i think it's going to be i think it's even on white vinyl right or clear or something yes it is because the the cds that i originally put out were were white they were kind enough to put it on white vinyl for me because I, I thought that was appropriate i just really appreciate you taking the time and just chatting with me about all these things and i i really look forward to hearing so, the the full released uh self-titled special death ep coming up thank you so much thank you so much for having me it was really nice to speak with you thank you Thank you for listening to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. This is Kyle Lang reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. have an NPR voice. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) South Beaker on the inside.